Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Good vibes. We're by the ocean. You're in the Midwest, man. It's good vibes. Well, I don't know. Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I may not be the best of vibes right now in Kansas City. We don't get a slow news week. We, there was no way to ease into this game. We, we couldn't have just taken it easy. They just dropped us right into the thick of things. Man, you were uh, at Ronald McDonald house today. Let me get this tweet out real quick. Oh, yeah, let me do that too. Uh, are you on the laptop today, or what's your situation? Uh, <laughs> Bro, I had one bad day. You just, just not gonna let that go. <laughs> Look, Mark. Some people have to hold people have to hold you accountable, right? You're so used to just tweeting things with no repercussion, and you know, just moving off one thing, just saying it, and moving on to the next thing. Nah, here on Coast to Coast, we hold you accountable. That's fine. That's fine. I had one bad day out of what fifty something shows. <laughs> this is episode 54 today the old nick bolton old nick bolton not the new nick bolton this is the old nick bolton isn't leo chanel 54 i believe that sounds right i know yeah. we, we used to do like one player for every i think it's chanel yeah. that sounds right yeah okay tap in with us here on chiefs coast to coast just sent that out it's episode 54 aaron ladd here in kansas city mark gunnels is in la kramer sandstone is behind the board with no serta leading up to week one we are previewing obviously that matchup the latest on chris jones the latest on chiefs tight end travis kelsey mark gunnels has already done all his tabulating of the best picks and plays for this week so of course we'll go to vegas as we do every week on this program as we lead up to week one and of course we'll preview the lions offensive attack the last time the chiefs matched up with jared goff it was a highlight affair with a lot of points does this game have the same thing in store for the kansas city chiefs all that and more on episode 54 but of course we want to make sure that you're checking out the arrowhead pride premiere tab the newsletter two times a week it's a brand new feature on arrowheadpride.com some exclusive information inside information coming from the one and only pete sweeney there make sure that you're Subscribe to that for all of your diehard Chiefs information goes more in depth than just a usual fan. I believe that that is something that every Chiefs fan could benefit from. If you want to be part of our show, we love making y'all part of the show. Already got one person chiming in with us on the YouTube. But if you want to leave a voicemail for us, 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. Hashtag C to C if you're following with us on X or Twitter or whatever. It's X, Um, man. 
It's X. You you fully yeah. made the change. You're, yeah, you're X I'm, now. I'm all in now. It's X. I think it's funny that like you know when I say oh Mark Mark uh, posted this on X. You know that that sounds like almost like a drug. <laughs> sounds like a drug. <laughs> like, it's still not. It's still not settling in for me. But yes. We do this show every Wednesdays at six on X. Uh, I, I don't do it on X. Mark does. Mark does it on X. Oh my gosh! <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Having some fun here, headed into week one. Biggest story of the day, man. And as you mentioned, I was at Ronald McDonald House earlier today. Chris Jones breaks his silence after this long, drawn out contract conundrum. Still no conclusion, but maybe a little more insight from the man himself let's get your thoughts first and then we'll have a sound bite from chris jones just very generally mark do you think that chris jones helped or hurt his case with some of the comments that we saw or heard today outside the ronald mcdonald house um i must say hurt only because the fact that you say anything during negotiations i don't think is a good thing i think it's better to kind of do a no comment situation when you, especially when you're in the midst of it like this and it's been a lot of back and forth and it doesn't seem like it's really either side is moving. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a win here at all. I think maybe it helps some Chiefs fans feel a little bit better. Maybe the fact that, you know, he's talking about how he still wants to be a Chief for life and, you know, he's not being a distraction. He's talking to his teammates still, um, you know, things of that nature. So maybe it's a feel-good moment for some Chiefs kingdom fans and you know he's obviously doing things for the community out there in Kansas City but as far as the negotiation goes I don't think I mean when I say hurt I'm not really saying that like oh it's over now like there's no chance that this deal gets done but I don't see how it could help first time we heard from Chris Jones or first time he took questions since I believe the post-game podium and maybe some of the celebration stuff that we saw after the Super Bowl we'll just call it February first time Chris Jones was at a lectern since February Here's part of what he had to say, kind of talking about this ongoing contract situation between him and the Chiefs front office. Check this out. Are like buttholes. Everybody got them and they all stink, right? So, you know, um, there's some going to like it, some going to respect it, and some is going to dislike it. Um, that's just the way it is. You can't make everybody happy, unfortunately. Uh, as much as you try to do and as much as you, you try to appease people, you're not going to make everyone happy. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. And I'm just asking for a race. Chris Jones talked for about seven and a half minutes outside the Ronald McDonald house, um, handed out some Big Macs, took a bunch of photos. I saw him take endless autographs and um, spend a lot of time with the families there. And I, I want to make sure that we touch on that because I think that's the real important part here, Mark. I felt real nasty, gross, talking about millions of dollars and people arguing between, you know, this kind of contract situation in the backdrop of, you know, real serious life things that are happening. We're talking about families with kids who are battling cancer. I just hated for them to kind of be thrown in the middle or almost used in this situation for Chris Jones to get his point off or maybe give uh, break his silence as far as the contract negotiation is concerned. What he actually had to say kind of stuck to script. I mean, I, in my opinion, his representation has kind of gone on the offensive the last few days. We saw the numbers kind of come out reportedly through Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk on what the offer was. And now we get Chris Jones a day before the, se the regular season starts kind of saying and reiterating his desire to stay here in Kansas City, but 
want to do it at the right price. I don't know if he necessarily hurt himself. I think if he would have done this prior to doing any of the social media stuff, maybe he has more of a, a, a support or the court of public opinion is more so in his favor. But I felt like the stuff we saw on social media, you know, the teasing the week eight and talking about, oh, I can afford it and kind of doing all that. That kind of took kind of the flair, in my opinion, out of what today was. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I commend you for being there and having to do that during a tough situation, obviously. Um, you you were you, you took over. You were all over my timeline today. I saw Aaron Ladd quotes everywhere. You and Nate Taylor. You guys were uh, definitely on that for sure. But, uh, yeah. I think, like you said, it's the damage kind of already has been done with all the cryptic stuff on social media. It seems like it was a slap in the face to a lot of fans took it personal. And I think that's why, you know, you see him reiterating once again that his goal is to be a Kansas City Chief for life. And, you know, he tries to he says it all humbly. Right. Like, I'm just want to race. Like, you know, like, I just want to raise, like, you know how, like, you know, me and you probably want to raise and things that we do, right? So I, I think, and everybody, I think everybody can relate to that as well, you know. So it's just different when he's talking about millions, right? And people are like, well, you already got all this. Like, why do you need an extra few million? And I, it's hard for the casual person to understand, but I think it's it comes down to a lot of self-value i would say like you know when you see guys getting paid more than you that you are objectively better than and your resume says that you want to get paid accordingly it's not really about just penny pitching a couple million dollars when you're already rich it's just about you know getting what you're worth and you just want a super bowl and you're universally known as the third best player on this team at at, at worst behind Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And like I said before, if it was one of those guys, we wouldn't have got this far. If one of those guys was was demanding more and really stood strong on it, they wouldn't have got to week one where we're less than 24 hours here recording on Wednesday and you're still looking for a contract. So I think that's part of it as well. Chris Jones is seeing that and he knows he's the face. The Patrick Mahomes, if you would, of the defense. You don't think Patrick Mahomes would uh, hold out and miss games? No, 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 he wouldn't. <laughs> but it would never got to that point for us to find out anyway. A lot of people in my comments today were like, oh, it's a PR stunt. Like it's, uh, you know, he's doing this intentionally right before. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's how you create leverage in a in a contract dispute. You know, you try and make you try and enhance your value or get to the point to where your value is at its highest or, or where the team realizes or, or is at an impasse to where they can no longer play without you. I want to spin this a little bit forward because we're at the point now to where we've been on this platform saying, oh, he's not going to miss games to the point now to where we're kind of resigned about him not playing tomorrow. And I want to ask going forward, how many games you think he could possibly miss? We talked about this on the Arrowhead Pride Takeover Day on 610 Radio here locally. CDOT. Pete Sweeney and I tossed around three and a half as the number for how many games Chris Jones potentially misses. And I want to throw one more nugget in here before I get your opinion. Three and a half is the number we're talking over under potentially how many games Chris Jones misses. And the new information is another blockbuster deal that happens along the D line for San Francisco 49er Nick Bosa blockbuster deal, highest paid player 
defensive player in NFL history, uh, according to Adam Schefter, five years, $170 million extension with 122 and a half of it guaranteed. Does that impact how you see the negotiations going? And, and then maybe the three and a half number, what your answer is on that? Yeah, to answer the Nick Bosa part of this, I think that has no impact on this at all. First of all, he's the edge rusher. Those guys are valued a little bit more than guys in the middle. And the main thing is he's only 25 years old. The age. I mean, of- this, is a, this is a guy that's still entering his prime. The, the Niners didn't have any leverage in that situation. They had to give him pretty much whatever he wanted for that reason. Chris Jones is about to turn 30 years old. The Chiefs still have leverage. I mean, if he sits out much longer, obviously the franchise tag can be impacted for next year. And he has to play games this year to accord a, a season. For or If that's not the case, then he's stuck, right? So he's going to have to play at some point this year. It's just a matter of when. So I don't think that really matters for the situation. And to answer your question on how long do I think I'm sitting out, if you have to give you a week as of right now, I'm going to say he comes back week three against the Bears. And this is why I say that. Here's my logic. I think the Chiefs are going to win the first two games. Okay. I think they're going to beat the Lions. And they're going to have a hard fall game in Jacksonville, and they're going to win that game, start off 2-0. And now you're back at home. You're playing the Bears. If you're Chris Jones and the Cats brothers, you don't want this thing to get too far down the line where the Chiefs are winning too many games without you. And you're going to be clear-cut favorites to beat the Bears. So you don't want them to go 3-0. and <laughs> And then they're heading to the Jets against the, the hype Jets and Aaron Rodgers, head the 3-0 and potentially. Do you really want to risk them going 4-0? and And then if this thing keeps going on, you keep losing leverage. So I think you want to get in there as soon as you can, assuming they do get off to a quick 1-0, 2-0 start here. So that's my logic on that. I think right along your lines is one of the questions that we got in from Facebook. Steve Klein Jr. asked, what do you think happens if the D-line balls out versus Detroit? Does that stall negotiations even further? In my opinion, and I'll take it first and you can go after that, I don't know if it necessarily impacts negotiations. I think when you're talking about signing Chris Jones to a long-term deal or an extension, you're thinking about the December, January, February games, right? Like you're thinking about him showing up when you're playing against Cincinnati at home in the AFC title game or Buffalo in the divisional round. Or, I mean, at this point, and this is how I view it, and I'm guessing this is how the Chiefs front office views it, it's going to take him a while to get into game shape anyway, Mark. Like, it, even if he comes back and plays in, in week three, as you mentioned, against the Bears, I'm not expecting him to play a full allotment of the snaps. I'm not expecting him to be in football shape. I saw him today. It was right next to him. He's a big dude normally, but he looked to be in good shape. He talked about working out twice a day while he's down in Miami with his usual team. I don't know if – and. Another part of this question is, what do you classify as balling out? Are, are we classifying multiple sacks or classifying it as one key sack at the end of the game? Like, I don't know. I don't see a world in which even if Kansas City gets, I mean, unless they go out there and get 12 sacks or something insane, I don't see a world in which Brett Veach leaves tomorrow's game saying, okay, we're in a good spot without Chris Jones. Like, we don't need him anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I don't think it really matters what the D-line does. I think as long as the Chiefs are still winning. I don't care if the, the score is 51 to 45 because the Chiefs historically under Spag start off slow defensively anyway. Yeah. Like, let's not act like this is not a thing. So even with Chris Jones, during the first seven or eight weeks, the Chiefs are historically one of the worst defenses 
over the past four or five years. And then they pick it up around November, December, the months that you mentioned when it gets down to the playoff push. So I don't think that matters. As long as they're still winning games without Chris Jones, to me, he's losing leverage regardless of how they do it. Let's move on to another guy who may or may not play for the World Championships Thursday night to open the NFL season on KSHB 41 locally, your home of the Chiefs. It's tight end Travis Kelsey who hyper extended his knee during practice on Tuesday. Not much that Andy Reid had to say about it, said there was some inflammation. They're going to take a look at it. He officially did not practice on Wednesday, the day we were recording this, and is listed as questionable for the game. This can be quick because I know I've seen some of the reports coming out that this is kind of a short-term injury. They don't see this as something that could potentially linger later into the year. Do you think Mark, it's smart to let Travis Kelsey play? I think the only reason that he's listed as questionable is that he's pushing to play. He wants to go out there and play. Do you think it's smart for Kansas City to kind of lean into that two days after uh, reportedly hyperextending his knee and play against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, if it was up to me, I wouldn't let him play at all. I don't care if he looks good doing pregame warm-ups or not, because after this game, you have 10 days off. So you do have like that half bye week, if you would. And it's game one. If Even if you lose this game, it's not the end of the world. And it's the NFC opponent. It's not like you're playing the Bengals or the Bills. You're, this could be maybe seeding implications down the line. Week two, you do play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who a lot of people are high on that could be potentially in that one to two seed race, especially considering how weak their division is. So that's a much more important game. So, yeah, I wouldn't risk it. I do think he does want to play because we have to remember the first banner night a few years ago, it was only 15,000 fans in a team. So this is going to be the first time the Arrowhead, the Chiefs kingdom can really embrace in Arrowhead, the banner being dropped, you know, the, all the things that come with it, the pregame, the tailgate and all of that and have a full 79,000 people in the stands. So I think Travis Kelsey really doesn't want to miss that. And we know how he is. He gets fired up. He's very animated. He thrives off those type of environments. So I do agree with you. I think he is the one that's pushing for it. I also do think there's a little bit of mind games here playing from the Chiefs as well. Absolutely. Why, why would you rule him out right now? Give the Lions some extra time to prepare while, you know, you only got 24 hours left. Why not just push this thing to the very, very end? Because obviously he's the number one guy on your game plan from a defensive standpoint. So I think they're still going to this game, going to assume that he's going to play. And if you wait to the last second, he doesn't play. You don't know where the ball's going, especially with all these receivers. I mean, I saw a stat. I think all their, we combine all the receiving room together. All their receptions in their career are still well below Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so you don't know where the ball is going to go if Kelsey doesn't play. So I think the Chiefs are also playing some mind games here as well. Tony Pfizer is rocking with us on Facebook, says Kelsey will try and play. He and his brother have started like 250 consecutive games. They have a hard time getting him to sit, which is true. I talked about this with Chris Jones, man. These guys are ultimate competitors. Like as much as their mind tells them like you're not right or you not you don't want to compete or it's not time to go or you're not 100%, they when it's game time or when that clock goes and they can feel it in their bones, like they'll do anything they can possibly to get out there and go. But maybe Mark just maybe, hear me out on this one, right? Maybe Travis Kelsey sitting for the Chiefs in week 1 is actually a blessing in disguise. Maybe it's addition 
by subtraction. We've spent this entire offseason talking about Chiefs pass catchers. Is Rasheed Rice going to be ready? Is Kadarius Tony going to be able to be the wide receiver one? Is Sky Moore going to take that next step? Is MVS going to be able to finally get on the same page with uh, Patrick Mahomes? Finally, you take Travis Kelsey out of that mix. There's no more hiding, right? Like now in week one with the entire NFL world watching after a years long or an offseason long of speculation, they throw him in the deep end of the pool, right? Like it's it, it, it's sink or swim, right? And as you mentioned, it is week one at the end of the day. It's an NFC opponent. If you go out there and lose a tight game or if you go out there and your rookies like Rasheed Rice have a couple more drops or maybe run the wrong routes or you're lining up like Maybe you get those reps in a game-type environment early in the regular season. Sure, you lose a close one or you win one, and even more, those guys get re-energized. Those guys get the confidence that they need to, hey, you know, those things that we learned in camp, maybe Coach was telling the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, just maybe, just maybe, Travis Kelsey at 60% or 65%, which is what I'm guessing he would be at if he went. Like, even if he does go or gives it a go and tries out uh, pregame and ends up going out there, like he's not 100%. So maybe Kelsey's sitting at 60% and the rest of your guys knowing, hey, it's on us. There's nobody else walking through that door. Maybe just maybe that could be beneficial for the world champs in this game. Yeah. And a couple of names you didn't mention. How about Noah Gray? Yeah. You know, there's been talk about who's going to be that successor to Travis Kelsey as he gets up there in age. You know, he hasn't missed the game since for injury since his rookie year. And, you know, like we said, he's not getting any younger. You have to think about that succession plan, even though even if he does play another four or five years, just a guy that can take some snaps away from him, right, to lower lower his load throughout the regular season so he's fresh come playoff time. Can Noah Gray be that guy? You know, a guy that they drafted a mid-round pick. He was good at Duke. He's shown some flashes here and there. I would love to see him get a full game in and see what he can do. And then what about Justin Ross? You know, he, he's like that hybrid receiver the one receiver the Chiefs have never had, that big body possession guy, give him a jump ball without Kelsey there. I think this could be a role for him to slide in, especially in the red zone a little bit more as that big body target. So I, I'm kind of with you here. I don't think there's no need to force Kelsey to play as much as he wants to play. Sometimes you got to hold guys back. You know, like we saw it. In the, in the freaking AFC divisional round. With protect Patrick them Mahomes. from themselves, man. Sometimes so, you got to protect yeah. them from themselves. Yeah, we saw the quarterback, and Mahomes didn't want to get out. Man, he was like, no, halftime, halftime, right? And that was a playoff game. So I, I don't think Kelsey's going to play tomorrow. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L 
V-A-N-29.com. Let's hop into our Chiefs preview and pre this one. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. It's football, man. For real. Real football. Not preseason football. Not training camp scrimmages, but real regular season NFL football. Less than 24 hours away. Here from Kansas City, let's start with the injury report. We obviously touched on Travis Kelsey. He's actually the only chief with an injury designation entering this game, which I thought was very interesting. And there's two names, of course, that jumped out at me right away. Kadarius Toney, who hadn't practiced all of camp up till this week, recovering from that knee surgery, has no designation. The Chiefs listed him as a limiter participant on Monday and Tuesday and a full participant on Wednesday, which is noteworthy. And then Legereus Need, another guy who we had been monitoring his knee as well. I believe there was some rumors that he was maybe holding in, if you will. That's all put to bed this week. He registers two LPs and a full participant on Wednesday as well. So no injury designation for those two. I'm skeptical. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. Call me yellow, yellow light lad. I do not believe these guys are 100% healthy, but I think they're good enough to give it a go. And I think Kadarius Tony will be a guy who will be on more of a snap count than Legereus Sneed. Are you looking at either of these guys or anybody else on the injury report kind of headed into kickoff? Well, I think Kadarius Tony's on a snap count even when he's 100% healthy. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've seen games where he'll play the whole series and then they'll shut him down for the next two possessions. Like, yeah. they they pick him in spots. I think that's how you got to use him. I mean, just you have to. Based on the history – uh, of him in the short term in his career so far. And not, you got so many guys. I don't think you have to push this whole thing. And, you know, we saw it in the offseason about him being wide receiver one. I don't think either one of us really bought into that fully. So I, I, I do think don't don't raise your eyes. I didn't, I didn't buy into that. Don't do that now. Don't do that. Hey, now. You were driving a boat on that one, man. Oh, look, now you're going to pull some tweets. Let me let me do let me delete some before you I find can't them. wait until KT's breakout. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But no, uh, I, I do think uh, he will be limited to say the least. You use him in certain packages, some gimmicky plays, some gadgets, maybe a couple reverses and things of that nature. And as far as Sneed, I don't think Sneed's actually going to be on a snap count. I think he's going to be out there uh, his full allotment of time. I think he's good to go. I think um, they understand how vital he is, especially without Chris Jones. You know, you could argue he's the second most important player on that defensive side of the ball. So I think his leadership will be very, very vital, especially going against this Lions team. They're a high-flying, explosive offense. I mean, they don't have Jamison Williams because he is suspended for the first six games. But you still have St. Brown. You got Jameer Gibbs, who the rookie, a lot of people are high on. And he's a good, he's a big threat in the passing game, not just as a running back. I mean, he I saw, I think, a report yesterday. He expects to get 500 receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards this year. So the rookie's very, very, very confident in his ability <laughs> to produce at a high level for the Detroit Lions this year. We're going to the injury report here in the lead up to Chiefs and Lions in week one. Tony Pfizer again, another good question from Facebook. Is there any chance the Chiefs have seven active receivers? If not, who's inactive, got to be Watson or Ross. Now, I would normally say Ross, but in this situation where we're talking about a game where Travis Kelsey 
questionable, may not go, may may go. I think Ross is actually active in place of Kelsey because he fits that uh, Jody Fortson role, if you will, like that goal line. I mean, the fade preseason is is pretty much how I expect them to use him in those type situations, right? His size, his athletic ability matched with the play calling of Andy Reid makes it extremely tough to match up with him in those situations. I think Ross is up if Kelsey's down. If not, maybe it's a guessing game, right? Richie James is another guy who's on um, the injury report for KC here. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a guessing game. I don't know if they have seven active. What's your gut tell you about that every week? Not every week, but I think this week they will. Uh, I can only only one guy I could see potentially not being active, but it's hard for me to say that because they picked him in the second round. And that's Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I, I don't see a pathway like you said for Ross, especially if Kelsey's not out there. I, I think that gives him the leeway to play. They obviously love Justin Watson, even though Chiefs Kingdom does not. So he's going to be one of the guys every single week. So, yeah, I think this week they will carry seven receivers. Let's transition now to, uh, I mean, we've been talking about this since rank ceremony, right? We, we've, we've been talking about this since, I believe, Arizona, since, since parade day. But tomorrow, Thursday, Lions Chiefs officially begins the Super Bowl title defense, and you can mark up all the cliches now. Target on your back, getting everybody's best shot, run it back tour. Whatever, I mean, whatever you want to you want to put on this, the Chiefs will raise a banner at GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium on Thursday. And some of the questions leading up to this week talked about just kind of the undertaking of repeating the undertaking of going back to back no team has done it in 20 years time flies I believe the last team that did it was tom brady's patriots in yep, new england four and oh five yep talk to justin reed about it this week at the podium i asked him why is it so hard for a team to repeat this is what he had to say well the simple answer is that it's freaking hard you know it's, it's the nfl good teams turn to bad teams quick um, bad teams turn to good teams quick. There's dynamic in how the roster movement happened. It's always a new season, um, and you got to earn it every year. It's, it's by no means easy, but it's exactly what we aim to do, and that's what we're shooting for. Mark, the world champion Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl three of the last four years. What's going to be their most challenging aspect of getting back to the Super Bowl this year and trying to win it again? I think it's going to be nutrition, staying healthy. I mean, that's very cliche. <laughs> And nutrition, nutrition. Yeah, uh. <laughs> they not eating right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, just maybe some of them aren't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I too mean, many, too know, many Big Macs. Guys have been, yeah, yeah, passing out Big Macs today. Did you eat a Big Mac today? Did you have one? I did not eat a Big Mac. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not okay, a Big yeah. Mac fan actually. I prefer if I'm going to McDonald's, I get a McChicken. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's the safer bet. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But uh, attrition, attrition. I don't know why. See, I, I, you hungry? My, yeah, it's time for I, actually, I am. I'm about to eat raw this right after this podcast. Actually, I'm I'm starving. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, staying healthy. The last time they went for a title defense, we know what happened with the offensive line against the Bucks. You're missing pretty much your whole line. It was depleted. Mahomes had to run almost 500 yards sideways and backwards. So I, I think that's the biggest thing, as cliche as it may sound. I think this roster is. Is built. I mean, you had so many rookies contributing last year. They're coming back in year two. 
Kramer's funny for that. We got to uh, clip that one, man. We that. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I, we saw what happened last time. Got banged up. I think the roster's built. You had rookies last year that contributed at a high level. You would expect them to even be better in year two. I like the rookie class you have this year. You still have your core guys, obviously. Chris Jones will play, like I said, at some point this season. Travis Kelsey's going to be fine. You got 15 there. Everything is in place. You know, the AFC is tougher. You got Aaron Rodgers here now. Assuming Lamar can stay healthy this year, the Ravens are going to be really tough. I expect them to be a playoff team. The Bengals are still not going anywhere. The Jags team you beat in the playoffs, they're going to be tougher this year. So I will say that's the obstacle as well. But at the same time, you don't have to play all these teams, especially if you're the one seed. Getting the one seed, I think, it still matters. I think it's very important. Because you do get that, you get you get that first buy. Essentially, you skip, you win a game without even have to play. And you don't have to win two games at home and it eliminates multiple teams during the wild card weekend. So you only got to play two of those teams versus three of those teams. So I think it really does matter. So, but attrition is the main thing uh that the Chiefs have to battle to repeat this year. You never living that one down. I, I'm, I'm gonna hold you to that one for a while. Mark Gunnell says attrition is his biggest challenge for the Chiefs going back to back. Uh, a couple different things. I think the low hanging fruit here is talking about the pass catchers. You, you lose so much productivity and familiarity with Patrick Mahomes, with Juju McCole leaving in this offseason and these new faces. You can't say Juju. Juju's only here one year. Yes, but he had familiarity and comfort with Patrick Mahomes when it was down not, the stretch. But not, but not prior to the season starting. When it, but they won the Super Bowl last year, right? We're well, talking about. I'm saying, but I can make the argument: the guys that don't have familiarity now will have it by December and January. You can't use Juju as an example. I don't that's think that's a given, though. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's necessarily. A Those given. guys are in Texas with him. Come on, Aaron. They spent the whole month in Texas. And remind me how many defense remind me how many defenders were down there in Texas with uh, when they threw it against there. There's a couple couple ghosts down there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got them. You're basically assuming that these new guys or the rookies or Sky Moore or whatever, like you're depending on those guys taking a step on paper. And there's a big difference between taking a step on paper or having familiarity and comfort with Patrick Mahomes or having his trust on paper. And having it when the bullets are flying, having it when color is coming across his face, having it when he's on a gimpy ankle. Like those are things. And that to me is the low hanging fruit. To me, the biggest question mark behind this team is the pass rush, man. Last year, they came out of nowhere and exploded and were second in the league in sacks. I don't think anybody had that coming, coming out of the year they had previously when they couldn't breathe on, a, on a, an opposing quarterback. I mean, we were begging for them to get D-line help. Last year, they what was it, 55 that they ended up getting in the regular season? And then not uh, to mention, a, a good chunk of those sacks were not from the pass rush because they were blitzing as well. It, it To me, if they could get a similar type of productivity from their defensive line with, a, a, I won't say inferior talent, but as of this podcast recording right now, they are not as good of a unit as they were last year. And that's even if Chris Jones walks through that door. Obviously, he's not there right now, which is the easy one. But even if Chris Jones walks in through that door, I don't know if they're as talented as they were defensively last year. You're talking about no Frank Clark. You're talking about no Carlos Dunlap. I'm, yes, I'm hoping that George Karloff just takes the next step, but that's another if and but trees and nuts. So for me, I'm looking at two units as far as helping Kansas City repeat. Pass and catchers, you didn't even mention 
the first six weeks, you're going to be without Charles Amenahu as well. Yeah, absolutely. Good point there. Charles Amenahu as well. So that defensive line room to me is is the key to them getting off the field on third down, getting the ball back in the hands of Patrick Mahomes. If George Karloftis can show us the first six weeks of the season, what he showed us the last six weeks of last season, I feel a lot better. But um, I think we'll get some of our answers after this first one, especially with the Lions, a team that likes to throw the ball a lot. I would not be surprised if, if Jared Goff had over 35 passing attempts. They have a great offensive line, too. Um, they have dynamic play playmakers on the outside at the skills positions. They're an aggressive team, too. Remember when we were in that stretch of the time when teams were going forward on fourth down all the time against Kansas City? I would not be surprised if Detroit showed us some of those similar looks uh, tomorrow. And let's, and let's just get right into it, right? Like, we want to look at the Detroit Lions a little bit. Um, I asked Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes point blank, when you turn on Jared Goff's film, what do you see? Andy Reid didn't say much, which usually means a lot. He says, you know, we've seen him before. We're familiar with him. Obviously, that big uh, blockbuster matchup between the Chiefs and the Rams uh, where Mahomes had all those turnovers last time caught his attention. Mahomes said, yo, that stuck with me more than a lot of other things. You know, he doesn't like when he plays poorly. Um, but for Jared Goff, a guy that's been to a Super Bowl, has Super Bowl experience. And Mark, let's be honest, he's had to kind of rebuild his reputation in the league I think he enters this situation starting uh, starting off the NFL year against the world champs at their place. He's primed for uh, a breakout, if you ask me. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Will he reverse what he did last year? If you look at his home and road splits, they were drastically different. He was not the same guy on the road as he was at home. And now week one, you're going to the loudest venue in the league on banner night it's going to be rocking no chris jones maybe no travis kelsey so the fan base is going to feel even more on their shoulders to kind of if you would help carry the chiefs through this game so i'm really looking forward to see how he comes out to start this game because it's going to be rocking there but i do love the lions uh, weapons he has around him we mentioned saint brown i mentioned jameer gibbs even david montgomery I think that was a good pickup for them as well. He's a touchdown machine. I think that was an upgrade over Jamal Williams, who left them for the Saints, I believe, this offseason. So it's going to be a tough challenge. It's a top five offensive line as well. So you're going right into the fire without Chris Jones going against one of the better units to see if you can generate some resemblance of a pass rush. And if you can, I think that bodes well for how you feel moving forward when Chris Jones does come back, if George Karloftis does take that that next step. What about FAU? We didn't even mention the first rounder, right? You know, it yep. seems like a lot of people are kind of just underselling the fact that he is a first round pick. We kind of expect him. They're taking the wait and see approach. I don't know if they're underselling it. Well, I'm talking about more as like the fan base. I think as far as okay. expectations go. And I think now he's going to have to get thrown to the fire quicker than we thought. Because obviously with no Chris Jones, but not even no Charles Amenehu, right? And then we expected them to get Carlos Dunlap. We thought that was going to be a thing, like a layup, right? He's not there. So I don't see who opposite of George Karloftis you can really play many snaps over Felix right now. So we're going to see a lot from him beginning, I think, tomorrow as well. Wrote about Jared Goff for ArrowheadPride.com. This is available right now, so go read it. Uh, Goff finished with 4,138 total passing yards last year, 29 touchdowns, just seven picks. Detroit was nine and eight last year. Mahomes says he's won everywhere he's been. So I know it's going to be a great challenge for us, no matter if it was with the Rams or with the Lions. He's put up stats 
and he's always get, won games, and that takes something to be able to win uh, whenever everything might not be going perfect, to have something inside of you that says, I can still go out there and find a way to win. He's done that his entire career. Isn't Detroit's whole thing like Detroit versus everybody? Like, isn't that isn't this game and this situation and like this environment isn't this setting up perfectly to what dan campbell i mean i watched a few of his hard knocks episodes and like this just seems to fit in exactly to what you know he likes to preach and what he has instilled in those guys they don't have their best offensive and they don't have their best defensive player and they're still four and a half point favorites against us who have a lot of hype i uh, i just think i would not be i would not be shocked if this was a field goal game mark See, I see it a little differently. I think it started off that way. This line, the beginning of the summer when it first came out, was at seven. It's gone down two and a half. That's a pretty, that's a lot of points. And the home team theoretically gets three points automatically, right? So I could say yes. if this was a neutral site game, it's almost a pick em, pretty much. So I think it started off as that, where everybody thought the Chiefs were going to win, assuming, you know, home opener, banner night, you know, they're going to – Chris Jones is not going to miss any games. That's not going to happen. This is back in July we're talking, right? Travis Kelsey, we're not even thinking about an injury at that point. I think the narrative has shifted now because I think now without Chris Jones, most likely without Travis Kelsey, I think the, the media narrative is it went from the Lions need to just have a good showing if they lose a close game. It's still a good omen for them moving forward. You wasn't using the doghouse – in Arrowhead, it was rocking. You only lost by a field goal to now. I think they're expected to win. I mean, no Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey. Expected project- to win, Mark. Yes, you're projected to win your division. It's only four and a half. And that's only because it started off so high and the home team gets three points anyway. So to me, I'm looking at it. It's almost a pick em if it's a neutral site game. So why are you not expected to win? If you're a playoff projected team, playing a team without their second and third best player. If I told you any other team was missing their second and third best player and they're playing against a team that's projected to win the division, would you not say that team that's projected to win the division should win that game? I'm going to let you just finish up here. Go ahead. No, that's the question I'm asking you. If, if there's any team without their second and third best player going against a team that's projected and favorite to win their division, is that team that's projected to win their division not expected to beat that team without two of their top three players? But Mark Gunnels, there's extenuating circumstances here. We know this is not just any team. This team has Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They have Andy oh, Reid calling plays. Mahomes can't do everything by himself before. Don't do. Don't don't use that now. He can't. I do said it. it's not. I said you can't bank on that. I said you can't bank on that. On paper, a lot of things look good on paper. It's a lot of different when you go out there in the gridiron. But I don't know. I don't know if Detroit still extenuating circumstances. I don't know if Detroit is expected to win this game. I, I'll push back on that. Well, I don't think you, you can use the Detroit versus everybody thing anymore. I'm not from Detroit, so I'm not. I'm not going to speak on that. You're not. I thought you had ties there. More I, ties I, than you do to Kansas City at this point. I, I thought you rode with T. <laughs> I, I, I thought you rode with T. Grizzly and them, man. I thought I was. I don't know. Man, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Uh, 
Oh, he's back. Yeah. We got a new season, baby. I got a clean record, baby. Let's go. Just because you have a clean record for this year doesn't mean we forgot about your record from last year, Mark Gunnels. Like, we I don't can go what... back. The, the, the record is there. The receipts are there. We can go back in time and see all of your picks from last season. It's a new season, baby. Fresh start, baby. Let's get it. Mark Gunnels has tunneled in on the 2023 regular season. We are just hours away at this point from Chiefs and Lions kicking off from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. As usual, Mark has three plays for this game leading us up. He's giving out winners. Last year, he was close to 500. I'll be honest. I'm not going to give you our exact record out there. I'm not going to put you on front street. You were close to 500, which I said at the time, and I'll reiterate it then. It was good. It was fair. You know, I think the best advice for all of our players who listen to this on a weekly basis is to pick one of your three plays that you like the most <laughs> and bet the house on it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what out of my three picks i give you i will tell the public which one is my favorite every single uh, so he's already hedging he's already hedging his bets ladies no because we're still gonna keep track of the other two we're keeping record of all of it so <laughs> mark guttles is back he's in vegas he's handing out three plays for week one mark what you got for us all right so let's start with the spread here it's minus four and a half. Like I mentioned previously, it started at seven when this first came out in the summertime. I didn't like it there. I would have took Lions plus seven. That's too many points. And now I think the narrative has changed. I think it's to the point now where the Chiefs are being a little undervalued too much without Chris Jones and maybe without Travis Kelsey. I think the Chiefs do win this game. I think they can win it by at least five or more points. So I'm taking Chiefs. Minus four and a half. I mentioned Jared Goff's road numbers last year. I don't think that changes week one going into the most hostile environment he's going to play maybe in his career. He's never played an arrowhead in his life, so it's going to be a buzzsaw tomorrow night. So give me Chiefs covering the four and a half. This is my favorite play. Guy Moore. I, bet, I already knew you You knew it was going to be my favorite play. <laughs> when I saw you feed this one in, I'm like, oh, this is free money. Like, Mark, Mark, this is free money for Gunnels. This this will be the lowest you see his receiving yards all season long because the books don't know what to do with them. They, they don't know what to do with Sky Moore right now. So I'm taking advantage of it. I'm hammering it while it's this low. I think he gets 60 to 70 yards in this game. So I think he's going to blow this number out the park especially if Travis Kelsey doesn't play. I like yeah. it even if Kelsey does play. So I think this is a tremendous value. I can even see you going to Kansas to place in this bet in. Because you love this too. I can tell by the look on your face. It's you a low number, man. I, I couldn't believe it. It's a very low number. And you know in this Chiefs offense, that's like two catches potentially. So I absolutely yeah. love this play. Yeah, so this is definitely my favorite play of the week. Sky Moore over on receiving yards at 44 and a half. Put it in right now. And then my third play is I'm taking the over on Patrick Mahomes total touchdowns at two and a half. So this would even include if he has a rushing touchdown, just total touchdowns, passing and rushing. I think he throws for three in this game. So I think he clears it from just his arm. And we know he's capable of running one in as well. So I think I feel very comfortable here. This Lions defense was one of the worst, especially during the first half of the season last year. They got a lot of moving parts. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, we didn't mention, he's been ruled out the corner they got from the 49ers, which is pretty surprising. I think they're still very young. 
a lot of communication issues could be it had here with week one moving parts in arrowhead a lot of anxiety going on and we know andy Reid's going to dial some stuff up so I, I feel very comfortable with mahomes at least having three touchdowns tomorrow so those are my three plays taking the chiefs minus four and a half my favorite play sky more over on receiving yards at 44 and a half i'm taking mahomes over on total touchdowns at two and a half what do you think aaron it's a clean slate. You're starting good. This smells like a two and one week for Mark Gunnels to me, but um, you know, I'm I, I like how you're starting. It's not how you start, it's how you finish, but I like how you're starting. Mark Gunnels handing out winners here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. We just previewed Chiefs Lions. We gave you the latest on Travis Kelsey. We gave you the latest on Chris Jones. I'm scrolling through the chat now to see if we have any final questions before we get on out of here. Tony Pfizer has been very active today, says don't sleep on Drew Tranquil's blitzing ability either. It adds an element to the pass rush. Hey, I'm excited to see Tranquil go. I mean, this has been one of those ads for the uh, over the offseason where we've been talking about ad nauseum and maybe slipped under the radar nationally. Uh, I think he has the potential to be, and Chief Sweeney, Pete Sweeney said this on our air once, he has the potential to be the steal of the offseason for Kansas City. Uh, when you consider what he brings defensively, especially if he could add to the pass rush. Heck, they need somebody to add to the pass rush at this point, Mark. Yeah, actually, I think with Tranquil, he's more known for his pass coverage. And I think in this game, you're going to need him there because, like I mentioned before, Jameer Gibbs is a guy that can leak out the backfield. They're going to use him a lot in that short intermediate game. And I think Willie Gay is actually the guy that you can see uh, being part of the pass rush from the linebacker position and Leo Chanel as well. So I, I think you will get some juice from those guys when it comes to that. I think Tranko will be more of the in, in space and trying to uh, pick off Jared Goff, if you would. The thing that makes me nervous about your Mahomes play, and we're getting out of here, episode 54, We it's been very quiet around the running, running back room. Ever since the 53 came out, it's like we haven't said much about Pacheco. McKinnon's back, but, you know, we kind of forgot about what he did to close out the regular season, like, are, are you scared about Chiefs running backs potentially taking away a, a touchdown or two from Mahomes' total tomorrow night? No, because I think there's going to be a lot of points to be had in this game. I think this is a game where the Chiefs score over 30 points. Uh, and I, I don't think if they get one or two, I think that still leaves room for Mahomes to sneak in three. And I've been mentioning, we know when the Chiefs get to the goal line, they still do these little like weird plays where it counts the as underneath. A yeah. yeah, where it's like a, it's a run, but it counts as a passing touchdown. So I could see Mahomes having one of those where it should be a run play, really, but it still counts as a it's a forward pass. So that's it for episode fifty four. As a reminder, we are back on our weekly schedule now. Every week, previewing the upcoming Chiefs game and recapping. Last week's Chiefs game. So next episode, September 13th, which is my mom's birthday. If she's listening, happy birthday. Shout out to mom. Happy early birthday. We'll be recapping the Detroit Lions versus the Kansas City Chiefs on that day and previewing Chiefs versus Jaguars week two on our next episode, episode 55. Maybe is that the the Frank Clark episode? Maybe the D Ford episode? (laughs) No, not not D Ford. Don't say that name on here. Don't say that name. (laughs) (laughs) For Mark Guttles in L.A., Kramer Sandstone behind the board, Aaron Ladd here in KC, Coast to Coast is out of here. We out.